You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we're starting off the the new Masachet, the new tractate of Pesachim, I thought it would be useful just to look at the structure of the tractate overall, which is, by the way, chronological in some sense, or it is nearly chronological. The first three chapters deal with finding and getting rid of the chametz. We've got to get rid of the chametz. And we're going to do that towards the beginning of the 14th of Nisan. The next chapter, the fourth chapter, deals with working on the 14th of Nisan, which is Erev Pesach. Then the next four chapters deal with the Pesach sacrifices themselves. And finally, the last chapter deals with Pesach as this, and this is the one which is out of order chronologically. um, Oh, no, no, maybe it's not. Okay, so we're dealing with the Pesach sacrifices, and then we're going to deal with the Seder. In other words, what is today on the um, evening of the 15th, but of course then was after the the Pesach sacrifices were completed. So, and I hope that we'll get through the first three chapters and the 10th chapter before Pesach. Now, the, these chapters are framed by a few important verses in, uh, mainly in Shemot. So, um, in the Pasha Bo, Shivat Yamim Matzot Tochelu, seven days you eat unleavened bread, unleavened bread. And whoever eats chametz, eats leavened bread, is cut off, venichreta, that person is cut off from Israel. And this expression, cut off, is used again a few verses later. No shivat yamim se'or lo yimatse No leaven shall be found in your house for seven days. It's as if there's a mitzvah to eat only unleavened bread. But there's also a mitzvah to get rid of the leavening, to get rid of the chametz. And that mitzvah to get rid of the chametz is, is the subject of the first three chapters. And we repeat this, war, this terrible warning. Whoever eats, whoever eats chametz, whoever eats leavening is cut off from the community of Israel. And these verses are repeated in the um, a chapter later. Matzot yechel et shivat yamim velo yerae lecha chametz. No leavened bread shall be seen with you. Velo yerae lecha saor. Behold gvulecha. And no leaven shall be seen in all your territory. There's some idea. It's repeated many times of getting rid of the chametz. And that is the subject of the first Mishnah Pesachim. Or Labar Israel. Hmm, that's an interesting way of putting it, isn't it? Or Labar Israel. Literally, on the on the light of the fourteenth. Now, this is always translated as in the evening of the fourteenth. This is on the evening of the fourteenth. It's twenty four hours before Seder. But the Mishnah begins with the word light, or Labar Light of the fourteenth, bodkin et chametz laor haner. We search for chametz by the light of the lamp. The word or is repeated. 
The word or comes twice at the beginning of the Masachet. Or la arbai srebod kim et a chametz la or haner. On the light of the 14th, they search for chametz by the light of the lamp. And we'll come back to this in a sec, but let's let's read the rest of the Mishnah. Kol makom she'ein machnisim bo chametz ein tarik libidika. Every place into which chametz is not brought doesn't require searching. We don't have to search everywhere. And the Mishnah then challenges this. So why do they say two rows in a wine cellar? And the Mishnah seems to answer its own question by saying, a place into which chametz might be taken. Maybe a wine cellar is a place where you wouldn't store food or eat food, but maybe you go into the wine cellar from your dining room, maybe looking for a nice bottle of wine to eat with your dinner. Maybe you've got a piece of bread in your hand as you go into the wine cellar and you put it down there. At least that's the example that the commentators bring. So maybe if we do bring bread into a wine cellar, we need to check there. And Beit Shammai say, we look for, well, Beit Shammai and Beit Hill are going to discuss how far we have to look in a wine cellar. Well, we could imagine, right, searching a wine cellar could be a giant task. Beit Shammai omrim Beit Shammai say two rows over the front of the whole cellar. Beit Hillel say the two outer rows, which are the uppermost. And maybe before we come back to the question of light, maybe we'll just have a quick look at try to explain what Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel are saying, at least in the view of the commentators. And I've drawn you a little picture of this. Hope you can see the picture on the, the, the source sheet. Um, the link to the source sheet, by the way, is on the WhatsApp group and it'll be on the internet later tonight and, of course, on the podcast introduction. And all these diagrams are embedded inside the, shor- the source sheets. So you can see that uh, Beit, I'm always colouring Beit Hillel, uh, sorry, Beit Shammai red, by the way, because Beit Shammai are strict. So I'm going to make them red generally through these source sheets. And Beit Shammai will check two whole faces that they'll the, the whole of the front face of this stack of barrels of wine and then they'll go on top and check everything the whole of the top layer whereas Beit Hillel according to the, this is all according to the Rambam according to Maimonides there are different ways of reading the Mishnah but according to Maimonides Maimonides Beit Hillel will just check the top two rows so in this example Beit Hillel will just check uh, 14, um, sorry, 16, uh, no, 12 barrels, whereas Beit Shammai will effectively check the whole of the front row and the whole of the top row. That's the dispute about half hour you check, but let's just go back to the light because I, I wanted to show you the explanations that the, the Rambam, which Maimonides and which the Tosefta bring for this double use of the word light. And Maimonides says, this is a, a basically a, um, a literary device. He says, look, the search for chametz should clearly be on the night of the 14th, even though we're not forbidden to eat chametz until midday, uh, until midday the following day. And then he says, Nikra Laila Or, the night is called light. The night is called light in the manner that many things are called by their opposite. So, for example, someone who's blind is called in the Talmud someone who has much light. 
Sankinaho. Sometimes the word bless is used instead of curse. Sometimes uh, there are many spaces where the Talmud uses the opposite of a word when it doesn't like the word itself. And the Rambam seems to be saying that we don't want to say night, so we say day. And we want to speak in, he says, Belishna Ma'ila. We want to speak in exalted language so that the tractate shouldn't begin by speaking of Bashem Ha'adaramina Adarim, absolute emptiness. That is to say, light. We, that, sorry, that is to say, night. We don't want to begin by talking about night. So we are going to begin with a euphemism and talk about light. And the Tosefta brings the same idea. I, I brought you the Tosefta here. He's commenting on the idea that we doesn't, um, on the night of the four, or right? on the light of the 14th, we search for chametz by the light of the lamp. And you notice very clearly the double use of the word light. And the Tosefta says, Ein botkin le'or We don't search by the light of the sun, nor by the light of the moon. But by the light of a candle, for searching with a candle is more beautiful. Yafe merubai, it's more beautiful. And even though there's no proof of this, there's a hint of it. He quotes from Zephaniah, At that time I will search out Jerusalem with lamps. It's as though the human action of taking a lamp and actively using a lamp for searching is somehow preferable to just relying on some natural some natural um, process that we have no control over, we don't create. And then the Tosefta says, Ve'omrim ne'er Elohim nishmat hadam, the God, the, the, the lamp, ne'er Elohim nishmat hadam, the soul of man is like the lamp of God. So there's some mystical allusion to light here in the first Mishnah of the tractate, which we which we, we would do well just to keep our, our mind around as we think about how this tractate is going to evolve, of course, through the, you know, the, the light, the creation of the Jewish people. And, of course, the um, contrast with this stuff, this chametz, which will be connected with Tumah and Tahara, this stuff that we have to get rid of. Now, the Mishnah then goes on to say, we're just going to look at one more Mishnah today because we're out of time um we're gonna search in the cellar we're gonna search anywhere where chametz has been but we don't have to be obsessional in terms of places where chametz has not been or places where we've already searched and the mishnah says Ein hoshashin we don't need to fear that a weasel might have dragged from one house to another or from one place to another for if so, deim ken mechatzer lachatzer umeir laeir ein ladavar sof. For if so, also we would have to worry from courtyard to courtyard and from town to town, and there will be no end to the matter. If we were anxious in this state, there would be, an, if you like, an infinite search. And although there is this extraordinary imperative to get rid of the chametz, we don't put ourselves in the position of having to create an infinite search.
Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.